0: This is Brock and Salk. Brock Huard is my hero. James Huard <laughs> just punched me in the
1: kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
0: On Seattle Sports. We're going to hear you on the interview. That not really work that you. way, Sherman. This but, is a show that has my name it's on, got, it's
1: on got, it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike
0: Salk. Hello. Hello! Yes! Hi! Hello! It is the Brock and Salk Show. Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com and the Seattle Sports app, plus all the podcasts platforms out there, whichever ones you like, whichever ones uh, make you happiest, whichever ones you think are the easiest to use. That's uh, that's where you'll find us. Which I appreciate it. I yeah. come
2: over to your house and set up for you. Yeah, Which that's fine.
0: Options? Yeah, we can go Spotify. How could, how could do, do people find us on Spotify? Is that like oh, a big yes. one for us? Yes, it is. All right, good. I hope so. Yeah. I really, I want to be, I want to be big on Spotify. That's important <laughs> to me.
2: A goal. I'm upset that we didn't for the beginning of the show make a Spotify playlist for every single rank that we've. Done.
0: I know we talked about there are it. And hundreds, we did though. We did create oh, uh, a uh, Mike Salk show playlist to start, but it just it became overwhelming very so quickly. Much. Yeah. Yeah. If we you know, if we ever open it back up again and start over, we could do that on a daily basis and make a little Spotify playlist. We sure could. But what we'd probably need for that is a, is an intern. Or we could ask more to do it, which I'm sure would go really well. I'm sure there wouldn't be any cursing and Already flat loving. out refusal on that one. That seems uh highly, highly. I unlikely. mean
3: even your biggest fan yeah. and partner in that segment, Justin, every now and then is like Let's just do something else. Today. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we've
0: been for mixing him. it up. We've been mixing it up a little bit more recently. Anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of five star reviews out there of the podcast. It turns out we were recently. What did you say? Named more number the number fourteen morning major market sports morning show in the country.
3: Yeah, Barrett wow. Sports Media ranked the uh, top twenty major market morning shows of 2023, of
0: and course. we sneaked in before uh, in yeah. the top twenty. Very like exciting, like snuck in
3: ahead of Schlereth and Evans at fifteen. Oh. Ever our sister station. I today. would
0: hope, you know, given the whole uh, Russ debacle and everything else that's gone, <laughs> they have on to with pay them,
3: for it.
2: They should pay. They should be held accountable for uh, how that all went down, and we should be ahead of them. I think that's great. How, how many major what major market is zero to? Zero? Well, how can you be market oh, sorry, zero? One to twenty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Cause then there was large market and then medium market, but there was major market. Yeah. I thought was only a, a, a small number. So is that actually good? Should I we... think it's just major and minor,
0: <laughs> uh, or uh, major okay. and mid. Major... I think is how this gets divided. Okay, that's okay, that's my guess. But I'm excited. Okay, it's nice to be number fourteen. Thank you uh, to the voters, to the academy, to to everybody who put that together. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, We will not be uh, announcing a new album as part of our acceptance speech for coming in 14th. But I was wondering if after meeting Wendell yesterday, if the listeners and and voters had an opportunity, Wendell, Gertie, excuse me. I keep I've made that mistake at home a couple of times. That may not surprise you. I wonder if uh, if we could introduce her, though, to uh, to the voters out there, if we might get up maybe a little higher on the rankings. What did you guys what did you guys make
3: of her? Oh, my gosh. She was adorable. We all—there was like five of us all just standing around in a circle, staring at her for a good twenty minutes. But um, when she came over and just kind of like plopped into my leg and rolled over on her back for me to rub her belly, that yeah. was adorable. More was more was, was so hooked. She's—I couldn't tell from the pictures how tiny she is. Isn't that funny? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I—I took a picture yesterday. I'll post it a little bit later. But uh, for scale it has like the couch <laughs> and some other stuff and you're like oh and okay. yeah and a banana like oh okay this dog is very very small but she's been uh she was a good girl she came in yesterday she didn't pee at all here in the office which was a huge shock to to me and everybody you made else made
3: her stay on the tile just to be safe
1: well
0: you know nobody needs pee in their office right <laughs> isn't that just sort of like one of those it's like it's like microwaving fish like there's just like a few office rules that we could all observe in order to make the world a better place. And I would say uh not letting anybody pee on the floor in your office, including your dog, is is an Probably. important one. We do have some ex-employees who have done that though. Pee, oh, goodness. peed on the on the floor. Uh,
3: I think my favorite part is when Stacy Ross rounded the corner and screamed so loud with joy over the puppy that Gertie ran and hit.
0: So do you want do you want can I tell a story? Can I tell a quick story? And I don't wanna I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm gonna tell a quick story. I mean I don't know what you know Hopefully the the very few people listening right now will keep this to ourselves, although I will say there was more traffic on the road this morning than I'm used to seeing at that early time. So as we were talking about getting girding, we were trying to figure out, hey, what are we going to do if we ever go on vacation? Who can we leave her with? Maura, your story about the expense uh, that you were going to go through with Bruin the last time you went away was weighing heavily on us. We have a, a trip planned to Europe in June. And we're like, okay, we're, we're going to have to figure and something out. I would out.
3: totally watch her, but Bruin's not great with other dogs in a house. She gets and we know territorial. that.
0: We know about that. So, unfortunately, you know, we know, to cross you off the list. Justin's Sorry. totally irresponsible, and yeah. he's immediately <laughs> off our list can right? be trusted with a house There's parent. no chance we would do that. We did talk briefly about Betsy, but we thought that would be an inappropriate ask. And so we're kind of going through other people we know. All right, who recently had a dog but doesn't anymore that might be able or willing? What friend? Yeah, we, we don't know them well enough to impose upon that. So we're kind of going through this whole long thing. And as I was thinking through all of the people I knew, I came up with a couple friends of mine. And then one other name sort of stuck out to me as a possibility, somebody who I know loves dogs, somebody who lives close by to me, somebody who um, does not have a dog presently and has a schedule that would probably allow them to, you know, be be available. Are you you going to
2: ask Pete Carroll to watch your dog? Pete, <laughs> this was before Pete
0: became available. But, yes, that's a fantastic <laughs> idea, Justin. And that may end up being that, the reason we go here. That's funny. You should. Stacy seemed like the perfect candidate, right? I was like, oh, Stacy lives like, you know, less than a half mile from me. She lives really close to me. She, you know, is in a perfect position to be able to watch a dog. She loves mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, maybe if we get closer to that point, I could ask Stacy and see if she would be, you know, willing to watch Gertie, even if it was only for half the time or part of the time like we did with Bruin the last time. And then I saw her come running down the hall screaming at my dog and saw Gertie's face when she bolted the other direction. And I think I'm gonna have to not do that oh. now. Oh, first impression. I, I feel like that's now not they recovered. gonna
3: work. They they cuddled after.
0: Yeah, that. but that that first impression is gonna be oh hard for gosh. me. I think. <laughs> so I don't know. Don't tell Stacy about this. I don't want to embarrass her. I'm sure none of you tattletales out there who love texting Michelle. Nope. Like, Here's what Salk said about you earlier today. Don't tell Stacy about this. I don't want her to feel bad about it, but I don't I don't know whether I can go through with that like idea. It was already gonna be a, you know. An imposition, kind of ask, and uh, I don't know if Stacy and I have that kind of relationship. So I, uh, I yeah. think you should ask Pete. I think Pete's a good person to ask. How funny would that be? I think it'd be great. Text Pete like, hey man, I know you're pretty, really quick. I know you got some free time. My hands <laughs> 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 now. I'm sure you charge like fifty thousand dollars per appearance. But any chance you'd want to just watch my dog for ten <laughs> days while we go to Europe? What do you think? Yeah. Well, anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on in the uh, in the Salt household. We do have some. You guys want to talk sports today? What do you think? Might as well. Yesterday was all over the map. I don't know whether we'll get to much sports today. We'll see if we can figure it out. But uh I have some, I have a little test for you guys coming up at 645. I, I spent a while yesterday, since we were talking about projections, I spent a while yesterday on the projection sites. So uh, I spent a while at Zip's. Yesterday, that's our buddy Dan Semborski. Yeah. And kind of went through, you know, what what they have for projections on the Mariners this upcoming season. And then early this morning, uh, all of the Pakota projections came out in terms and that's a baseball prospectus one nate silver devised that originally and it's been sort of edited since but pakoda came out this morning so i was looking at that um, in terms of where the mariners rank and what people think they'll be capable of this year so one right now anyway has a good standings projection and the other has some pretty good player projections
2: are these automatic to when a, when a, when a transaction happens to do Yeah, I believe, right away? I believe they do. Okay. yes okay
0: And obviously they don't you know they can't take everything into account, but they run simulations and they they take a lot of you know past history into account and then and then build out a a, a, a you know a, a full a full season of what things look like. I'll give you a little teaser here. Pacoda, which is the baseball prospectus one. Has the Mariners dun, 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 third in the AL West? This may shock you. Mm. Behind Houston and Texas, yep, yep. ahead of Los Angeles, they have them as an 85 win team. Now, here's what's interesting: they think Houston's pretty good. 95 win teams. Matter of fact, they think Houston's the best team in the American League, which is interesting to me. Ahead of the, the Yankees, Baltid. who they have second, they have Baltimore at only 86 wins. So, really? you know, you can take this for what it's worth. The Mariners have eighty four point eight wins. Houston has ninety five. Based on that information, what do you think they have Texas at? The Mariners at eighty five. Houston at ninety
2: Eighty
0: six. Huh. They have Houston one that. Much? Or I'm sorry, they have Texas one point four wins. Houston
2: that much ahead of.
0: Yeah. So I don't know exactly what, what all this wins. They have Minnesota just a touch a hair of the Mariner ahead of the Mariners too. So you can kind of take these things for what they're worth. But they've got Texas and Seattle really, really close together, which on one hand is like, hey, good news. You're kind of right there with the world champs. On the other hand, I hope it's one of another one of these reminders of like, hey, yeah, if you were to add, increase third base by two wins by adding Matt Chapman, that's a major difference. And if you were to then spin off Urias and get back a reliever who could help your bullpen or another starter, that might be another win there. What if you took your 85 wins – and added three to them and got to 88. And that's a projection. If you can get to 88, maybe you can get to 90 plus. It's not that far outside of your outside of the realm of what you can control. So uh, I get some more information on that. And I got a whole lot more left to come this morning. We will come back, give you everything you need to know. It is Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com need to know
1: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk
4: here's what you need to know up first
0: well some of the bigger jobs on the staff still remain empty including both coordinator spots but Mike McDonald slowly starting to fill out his staff yesterday we learned that Jay Harbaugh son of Jim former staff mate with Mike at Michigan will be the special teams coordinator. They also nabbed Kirk Oliverotti of the Packers. He's going to come in to coach linebackers. But in the meantime, I think we're still trying to figure out who is Mike McDonald. Mark Schlereth from the fifteenth-rated morning show here in the country joined us yesterday on the Bob Gra- or on uh, Wyman and Bob. Yeah, Bob McGraw. That's been a little while on Wyman and Bob to talk about the new coach of the Seahawks.
4: Very dynamic in the way he calls a game. Very dynamic the way he gets pressure um, and gets a ton of pressure while playing zone behind it. So simulated pressure, four-man rush, but it looks like blitz. He does a he does a phenomenal job with that. I thought Baltimore was as good as anybody I've seen do that.
0: Yeah, everyone just seems to really like what he brings to the table. We also heard some good stuff about new hire Leslie Frazier yesterday. But how did this whole thing go down? Diana Rossini, who we said has just been on fire with the reporting recently, said this about the Seahawks process.
3: And they knew what they
2: wanted from the start. I was told they were looking for a Pete Carroll type, just younger. They yep. they were going defense right out of the gate. They, 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 they were moving in that direction.
0: All right, well, they wanted to go defense. It does make sense, given the number of defensive guys they talked to. There were only a couple of offensive guys on that list. And ultimately, that's not the direction they chose to go. Most of the focus so far, of course, for Mike McDonald, you would think would be on the draft with mock season now heavily upon us. Almost everybody has the Seahawks going in one of three directions, right? Offensive line, defensive line, or quarterback, which makes sense. Those are sort of the big three for this team right now. Field Yates yesterday says, yeah, D-line, that's the way to go. Let's start with Byron
4: Murphy. This team couldn't stop the run last year. Had an incredible last season with the University of Texas. The other defensive tackle in most people's eyes had five sacks, but also
0: a real impact player against the run. It's such a tough call. Do you go defensive line, offensive line, or quarterback? If you ask me Today, I think I'd say offensive line. I think that's where they have the most need. And if Troy Faltano's available, it'd be difficult to say there'd be a much better pick than him at number 16, assuming they don't trade out. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, as the Mariners roster takes shape, a lot of things to be excited about. Certainly the rotation looks nasty. The bullpen obviously has some serious stuff at the back end. The offense should be a little bit more predictable and deeper than last season. If you're looking for a trouble spot how about the defense i would say that has taken a step back cal and julio up the middle plus defenders after that a little worrisome jp not what he was a couple of years ago third base probably going to take a step back first base has been okay second base eh. and then your corner outfield spots look somewhat problematic especially with Haniger set to play as much as he is all that being said jason churchill Pretty bullish on the Mariners this season. The Mariners
4: have closed that gap. They're right there. And if some things bounced it away just a little bit, we're talking about three teams that can win between 90 and 92 games at this particular point. I would say Seattle's probably the third best roster right now. They just have to have a couple of things bounce their way. Maybe Bryce Miller takes a bigger step forward than we expect. Maybe Wu takes a bigger step forward than we expect. Maybe they're a little healthier.
0: Yeah, and that also depends what the other teams in that range do. Do the Astros have any injury issues? How about Texas? They're already dealing with a core injury to Corey Seager. So we'll see what direction some of those things go. I also mentioned we've started to look at some of the, uh, some of the projection systems coming out. Currently, they project as the ninth best team in the league in terms of wins above replacement on zips fourth best in the american league pakoda has them a game and a half behind texas with a 43 percent chance of making the playoffs here's the third thing you need to know all right the countdown is on to the super bowl on sunday in vegas there's a lot on the line especially for some of the individuals involved for kyle shanahan the chance to show he can win the big one which i think has been a question mark about him for brock purdy To show he's not just a game manager, to show he can come up big in the biggest moments, which he did in the NFC Championship game and throughout these playoffs. But is he elite? Not right now, but certainly that label could be out there if he wins a couple of Super Bowls. For Patrick Mahomes, obviously he's elite, but what if he could carry a non-elite team on his back all the way to a title? Brady kind of did that. But he always had pretty good teams around him in New England. If he drags this Kansas City roster all the way to a title, I think that would really cement his legacy, of course. And then for Travis Kelsey, speaking of cementing, how about just ending the dream season? Maybe he rides off into the sunset afterwards, retires. I just keep trying to imagine what Travis Kelsey's life must be like and... I'm not sure I'm fully capable of doing it. Roger Goodell spoke yesterday, and Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, he says, has been pretty good for the game. Having the Taylor Swift effect is also a positive. Listen, they're, both Travis and Taylor are
4: wonderful young people. They seem very happy. She knows great entertainment, and I think that's why she loves NFL football. But I think it's great to have, um, have her a part of it. Uh, obviously, it, it creates a buzz. It creates uh, an, another group of young fans particularly young women that um, are interested in seeing why is she going to this game why is she interested in this game besides Travis she's a football fan and I think that's great
0: for us do you think he had to like ask her that question specifically just so he could have that line are you a football fan ask her wink wink nudge nudge yeah of course I am I don't know I was kind of under the impression she had
2: never been a football fan until now that this
0: was sort of a new
2: thing for her no, I don't know. That's a fair. I mean, if you think of it; she's probably been in more stadiums than Goodell has. <laughs> Maybe she found herself. A That's really funny. Fan.
0: That's really funny. That's everything you need to know. Justin's on
2: fire this morning. Quarter past every Thanks. hour. Here I on the Brock know, and Talk Show. Yes, I, this is. Uh, I'll keep this quick. So we only have a minute. I had. I was asked. This was years ago. Hey, we have some uh, some athletes. I won't say who that would like to meet uh, Taylor Swift because she was playing at CenturyLink that, and I was working at Moving, and it was a whole thing of uh, we had a meet and greet with fans, and I was like, oh, sorry we have to submit names for meet and greets or anything with Taylor a month or two months in advance. Right. She runs background checks. like Which I, makes I sense, right? Because bring, she was, like, harassed right. and attacked at a radio station. Right. So, yeah. yeah.
0: She like,
3: just had a stalker issue in New York City with a guy from here.
2: I don't care how famous your <laughs> athletes are or how famous you are. Sorry. That's that's going to take a while to go through her people. Yeah,
0: but I, it's funny. I was under the impression, and maybe I thought I had read this. I didn't think I just made this up from Adam. Is I thought she had never really been a football fan until dating Travis Kelsey. That's fair. Sure so, a a, And I'm not saying that – does that sound familiar to anybody else? Maybe surprising. No. crazy. All right. You know what? I'll just shut up. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back with Jason Benetti, who A, is a riot, and B, has some information on the newest Mariner. Stick around. You'll hear it next on Brock & Salk. You're listening to Brock & Salk.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports
0: and the Seattle Sports App. ago after the Mariners traded for a second baseman, we said, all right, they've kind of upgraded most of the positions on the field, even if it's just in a small way. Mm -hmm. But what have you done to your bullpen in order to make that happen? Right. All of a sudden, your bullpen does not look great. You lost Seawald at the end of last year, and now you're subtracting Topa. And even Isaiah Campbell was, you know, a guy for you, productive. I don't know if he's like my favorite reliever ever, but he was productive. What does this look like? And, you know, they responded. And you bring in a guy this weekend from Chicago, and we're going to talk here to Jason Benetti in just a moment and learn a little bit more about Gregory Santos. But, I, look, I you can take the the projections on fangraphs or steamer or zips or whatever it is you like, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether you 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 care too much about them. but Gregory Santos is projected to have the number one war in baseball among relievers this year. Mm-hmm. By the way, they have two others in the top 11. both uh, both Matt Brash and uh, and Munoz are both mm-hmm. projected to be in the top 11. So if you have three of the top 11 relievers in the game, plus what you had with Spire last year and a few other guys, add that to arguably the best starting rotation in the game, add that to an offense that still is not going to be elite, but might be slightly upgraded from a year ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's been frustrating and I know, as Shannon said a couple of weeks ago, there wasn't a lot of big name action here for the fans. Was a pretty good little offseason, considering. So let's learn a little bit more about this guy, Jason Benetti. Brock, Do you know him at all? I do. I do.
1: It's it's always, yeah, it's always a little different when he's staying with Bill Walton. You know, we get a little, we get a little different Benetti. I think he slept. Were you in the bunk bed last night? Where, where were you in the Walton house last night, Benetti?
4: No, Benetti decided that he was going to get a hotel this time because sanity must reign supreme when you have the Mavericks and Seventy Sixers later on today. Hi, gentlemen.
0: Hello. Wow, that's a big day. So you do college, then go right to right to the NBA. Uh,
4: live from Bill Walton's home. Talk okay. so, like I. Um, they they send three monitors, and we have microphones. <laughs> And uh, Bill and I sit in his living room, literally, with a table full of bobbleheads on the NBA app, and we call a game off the monitor. And no joke, and our guest list is always eclectic. So last week we had, uh, by Zoom, Ray Allen, Jerry West, so really good shooters, wow. hall of famers. So you would as you know, you would guess the third guest was somebody like that. It was John Fogarty from Oh, good. TCR.
0: <laughs> Bill, do you did you ever um, have you ever listened to Walton when he did Clippers color? Like he was the regular.
4: I to cl- some of that. And I've listened to like him on the NBA on NBC. Like there was a time when he was normal.
0: Well, I don't know about normal. I because mean, I lived in LA when he did the Clippers games, and there are two or three yeah. of the funniest things I've ever heard on television. I mean, I remember the Clippers beating like. You know, a bad Golden State Warriors team by 13 points on a random Wednesday. And Bill goes, this is the greatest win in the history of Western <laughs> civilization. Like, come on, man. <laughs> what are we talking about? The,
4: the, so he, he will literally say anything uh he is the best we were talking last year on one of these shows about a guy who had overcome a bunch of injuries and bill started talking about you know the 39 surgeries that he's had on his back and his feet and everything and i was like well you know i i understand like walking is hard for me too he goes what would you know about walking being <laughs> difficult <laughs>
1: That's really funny. Oh, uh, that is good. He is Jason Benetti. Do you think he knows Dave Pash's name?
4: I think he knows all of our names, that they all exist. I think that I think they go up in his mind and there's a button that says puree and he just makes like a big name smoothie and it's just easier for him to say what's your
1: name? <laughs> who are you? That's great.
0: All right. So speaking of who are you, who is Gregory Santos? Let's go back to the other oh, good the other what. job you good have. Job. The uh, Mariners are aqu- acquired a quieter reliever this weekend from the White Sox named Gregory Santos. Who is he?
4: Uh, I'm only here to talk about the Detroit Tigers. So if you'd like to refer <laughs> to Willie Horton or guys who played for both the Tigers and Mariners, I'm happy to do that for you. Uh, no, Greg. So, uh, yeah, this is fun. I get to talk about White Sox people and not be the voice of the White Sox. Right. So, How nice is that? Gregory. It's crazy. We got you know. If you want to talk Tony LaRusso stories, at some point, have me back on. But I will say this: I heard there uh, might be an Ozzy Gregory... Gian
1: story or two in there also. <laughs> oh, there!
4: You gotta ask Allison Williams on the show to do her Ozzy Gian impersonation. It is one of the greatest impersonations you will ever hear anybody do. But Gregory Santos is this—he—he's this kind of untapped mineral. I would say because he just completed his first year, and you're talking about all the metrics that suggest he's going to have a breakout year. And I wouldn't disagree. I mean, he just completed his first season with a two seamer. So the White Sox pitching coach, Ethan Katz, had him in San Francisco very early on when Ethan was the assistant there. And then Gregory ends up with the White Sox and Ethan converted his four-seam fastball to a two-seamer. And it was all about spin efficiency. So for those that are uninitiated, spin efficiency is about how much of the spin you're putting on the ball is actually contributing to movement. And they felt like, Ethan felt like specifically, that the four-seamer just wasn't doing as much, that the sinker paired better with the slider, as we've seen in baseball lore. And he had very good success with his sliders, specifically off of the sinker. So I would be interested for you guys to know whether or not, because there was some talk of maybe at some point adding a cutter (laughs) as well. Uh, I would be interested in what the Mariners are going to do with his pitch mix. If they're going to add one, there was some discussion of that, but I also, you know, just a second year of having the sinker full time, I think is important to him as he toys with that and plays with it. And I also think if you look down the stretch, the white Sox bullpen was like badly charred at the end of last year, they basically just didn't have horses.
1: And so he was pitching more in terms of exposure Than anybody would have wanted him to. Hmm. Any concern about an elbow that late in the year put him on the IL? He's a major league pitcher, so he's probably gonna. (laughs) You
4: know, I I don't think so. I don't think they would have done the deal if they had concerns about that. I think that was just more fatigue than anything, fatigue based. I would say, and and I'm wading into territory where I haven't seen you know the the MRI or anything like that. So I don't know exactly, but you know, I wouldn't have imagined they would have done the deal if there was concern that was emergent, but yeah, I mean, he throws really hard and that is always a thing. So yeah, I, I, I just think it's, first of all, I'm glad the tigers don't see the Mariners until August, like get, get all that stuff in the bullpen out. Right. Like I was talking to Brock off the year. I don't think there's a bullpen with more stuff, capital S stuff, in Major League Baseball.
1: Hmm. Were you surprised? And I didn't. I'm, I'm not familiar with Steamer. Is Steamer, one of these projection companies, yeah, it's like as Well, so, yeah. okay. well there's Zips. FanGraphs kind of owns do with the right. Yeah, kind of owns the name, and then I get Zips, and then I get Steamer. After that, were you surprised when those numbers came out and Santos was projected to be the highest WAR reliever in baseball?
4: Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's good. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to demean the guy, but I didn't watch last year and say that is the best reliever in baseball. And that's because there are really, really, really good relief pitchers in baseball, but I'm not surprised based on the stuff and based on the upside. Right? So Mm. if you, calculate into that bake into that the idea that he is just was just learning a two seamer and you can manipulate that pitch mix I do think the ceiling is pretty substantial and you know the walk rate can come down he he wasn't always great after getting ahead of hitters sometimes it kind of faded on him the at bat did and I just think with some more maturity of major league pitching time there is a there's a fantastic arm in there there really
1: really is yeah go ahead brock no i like manipulate pitch mix i'm gonna add that now it's manipulate the pitch mix. is that one of the notes you're taking today it, it, i just wrote it down because if there honestly <laughs> no. is one bullpen jason if there's one bullpen and, and maybe this is totally myopic because we just are on the mariners and flagship forum and just study them and everything else but it sure feels like paul seawald stories Matt brash stories so many relievers have come through here jason and say the same thing like this organization changed me, whether it was my arm angle, whether it was my pitch mix, whether it was my spin rate. Like, I don't know. Are there other organizations in baseball as heralded for that kind of understanding as the Mariners seem to be? Certainly, from my perspective.
4: Yeah, I think I think the Astros are on that list, especially when Brent Strom was there. I heard a lot of that going on. There are a mm-hmm. couple others, but I-, I do think two components of that. Number one. You can, and I, you know, I've heard you guys talk about developing people while also going to get free agents. If you can do both, that's where the elite really happens. But I also think if you can develop pitchers that way and you are a place, and I know the Tigers really want to be that for Jack Flaherty this year, and that's part of the reason he signed with them is because he feels like they know something other people don't about how to regenerate his success. And to that point, if you can become that destination, mm. you are like Las Ventanas, right? Brock, mm. if you can be that destination, mm. you're going mm. to magnetize wow. people wow. to your location and just be the best place you can go for mm. what you want
0: to do. Mm. Hey, uh, just as, a, as an, as an AL great. Central guy, what, what are your thoughts on Jorge Polanco?
4: Uh, I'm trying to, first of all, by the end of my career, I think some people think I'm trying to go to all five spots in (laughs) the American League Central. Uh, That's not the goal. I'm going to put it on the record here on Brock and Talk. That's not the point of this. Uh, Jorge Polanco is one of those guys that when he makes contact, I have like five missiles in my mind to the pole side that got out of the ballpark within... I don't know, a second off a White Sox pitcher over the past bunch of years. I've always really liked him. And, uh, you know, the contact rate isn't always what you'd want it to be. But as a switch hitter and as a guy who has more pull side power than you would expect, I think he's a really nice piece.
1: Uh, Last thing for me is I got a little area on Fridays for the baseball uh, fellas when they come and work out. They may or may not be designated as the puke area, you know, when they get off the Versa climber, if they really push it, and they've got a puke area. When you Is say there, fellas, what do you mean by that? The, the 14-year-old baseball got it. guys okay. with Tyler's team. Yeah, I didn't say boys this time. That was People good. That come <laughs> wandering into the garage. <laughs> yes, you get very uncomfortable if I say boys. So yeah, fellas, for good reason. Yeah, they, they, they got kind of a little puke zone over there by a bush. Does Walton have an area in his yard designated as the place to go number one?
4: Uh, it's kind of a free-for-all. Right there, are, there's not a lot of signage, okay? okay. Not a lot of signage, uh, but you just go ahead and you decide to contribute to nature however you'd like to. Because he doesn't uh, want you going, way. he
1: doesn't want you going number one in the house, right? To save water and everything, to conserve waters. No, no yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. He's very eco-friendly, mm-hmm. and I mean, he has a
4: comprehension that like nature giveth and nature taketh. And so I think you know when you get a basketball box score at the under four timeout in a college basketball game they have the plus minus now next to the uh, the player's name and I feel like I have a plus minus when I go to Bill Walden's house <laughs> that I just cannot take more than I give. Right. Yes. And That's so true. it's basically like renewable energy credits for liquid. <laughs>
0: Well, as usual, Jason, all of our conversations <laughs> seem to go in directions that were completely uh-huh. unexpected uh, when Brock makes a suggestion. Hey, let's get Benetti on. Uh, so thank you for that. I I just I, I love that. I I love the indeterminism of where these will go. So uh, so thank you and have fun with Bill.
4: I will say the tone you use with the word love suggests maybe no. that the definition has been tweaked a little bit in your mind.
0: Not at all. I, I, I am
4: okay I, with it. I, I couldn't.
0: I, I really do love it. Uh, Brock suggests other guests sometimes who uh, you know I don't like nearly as much, and I'll let Brock know about that. That's, so this is uh, wait, this. which
4: of
1: his partners is on that list? Uh, which is, you know, you could just make the list real quick. I'll text you uh, off air. I'll text you. Yep, here. Right? I don't think it should be no. that hard to that figure out to be honest Amazon.
0: it really shouldn't be that hard to figure out which of Brock's former partners I'm not interested in talking to Desitore anyway uh goodbye thank you Jason it's good yes. to talk to you, yes.
1: See Get you. After it, goodbye.
0: there See you guys. go there there's Jason Bonetti that was unnecessary I can't believe he he put me into a position of having to reveal things like he was that.
3: really excited when you Finally let let it loose. He well,
0: not... yeah. He's just always very difficult with us. I don't know why. Everybody else has been really, really nice, but he would just come on and be like trying to prove something. I just I never I never really understood it. All right. Uh, we got a couple of minutes. I, I told you guys I would have a little quiz for you, okay? You want a little quiz? Ready. Your little quiz. Uh, hopefully you didn't read my email too closely and that you can actually participate in this quiz because I wrote some Perfect. of this down. But here you go. <laughs> yeah. I know you never read anything I write. So here's what I got for you. These are just zips projections. Okay. Zips projections. Mm -hmm. That's Dan Samborski on, uh, on fan And I have a list of position players and a list of pitchers. And I've got the top, I don't know, five or six Mariners on each list. I'm trying to figure out if you can name them in order. Okay. Okay. You ready? Go for position players. The Mariners have the number six player. Who is it? Oh, Julio. Julio Rodriguez. That's an easy one. Yeah. They also have, the number 36 player. Who is that? Cal? I was going to yeah, say Cal or did pull Cal, Cal Raleigh, number 36. Cal. They have the number 54 player. Who is the number 54 position player in baseball? Position player. JP? That would be my JP guess. Crawford. Okay. They have the number... You guys are on fire right now, by the way. You're you're are three three for three. Number four, the 100... Well, is
3: that good, or does that mean that we feel like we don't have a lot to choose from? <laughs> nah,
0: number four at position 106. Player.
2: Garver? Nope. That's not Hanager. no way.
0: Is that Polanco? That's Polanco. 106th best position player in the game. Okay. Then you've got number 137. I'm going to keep saying Garver until I get it.
3: <laughs> this, <laughs> one I just want this one to be harder.
0: It's not Garver. 137 position player. This is in terms of wins above replacement. That's how it's ranked. It uh, is. It's going to surprise you a little bit. Ty France. Oh, okay. Ty France at number 137. I thought about saying his
3: name, but I didn't think that was right.
0: Number 137. Then you get number 166 ahead of Mitch Garver, by the way. Number 166. Ro- Rojas, I, I don't know. This is gonna this is gonna shock people. Urias, oh yeah, they got Urias at number one sixty six, and then Garver at number one seventy three.
3: Garver's Justin's guy. I know. I just well, kept thinking they that. have they don't have him <laughs> ranked nearly as high. Was, and I'm sure
0: some of that has to do with just his injury yeah. history playing and also seasons. yeah, playing DH instead of playing the field and contributing in that way. So anyway, that that's what their uh, that's what the uh, the offensive side of the ball looks like. Pitchers is obviously where you start to see some real dominance. So pitchers. They have the number seven pitcher, according to Zips. Kirby. No.
3: Luis Castillo. Castillo.
0: The number 12 pitcher. Kirby. Kirby. (laughs) The number 17 pitcher. Gilbert. Gilbert. That's pretty crazy, by the way. It is. 7, 12, and 17. Yeah, it is. The number 62 pitcher. (sighs) It can't can't be one of the young guys, right? Because they haven't pitched enough. Wait,
3: are we... These are projections.
0: The okay. No, uh, you are, but bullpen guys don't make it this high. They just don't uh, they don't pitch it. They enough. can't value. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um This should be pretty easy.
0: Number four, M- number sixty tiller, M- till Bryce Miller.
2: Okay. I was gonna say woo, woo, but not pitch enough.
0: Here's where it gets a little funny. And I'm curious if in if I give you 15 guesses, if you can come up with the Mariner who they have at number 96. On their expected win, to win, uh, you know, war for pitchers. Can these can't be prospects, right? These had to have pitched in the big leagues. Uh, he, ha- they could be prospects, but this guy has pitched in the big leagues. Okay. So Castillo seven, Kirby twelve, Gilbert seventeen, Miller sixty two. I'm going to do you a favor, and I'll tell you that Brian Wu is number one o nine. Oh, so, so they good. have him a little bit lower, number one o nine. 13 spots ahead of him. Emerson? Nope. This Mm. is going to drive you insane. And when I tell you, you're going to say, oh, Zips doesn't know what it's doing. (laughs) Time alone. (laughs) Darren (laughs) (laughs) McCacken. What? Darren McHacken. Okay. They have him number 96. What? Isn't that weird? Number 96, by the way, is like a serviceable number four starter in baseball. Ahead of Wu? Ahead of Wu. Wu, What number is Wu, you said? 109, also a number five starter in baseball. Wow. So according to the Zips projections, if if I'm reading this right, and that's a little odd, but if I'm reading this right, the Mariners have, because if you figure every team, you know, there's 30 teams, right? So there should be 30 number ones, 30 number twos, et cetera. The top 150 should all be starting pitchers in Major League Baseball, Right. And so yep. they have they have 6 of the top 150. They really have 6 of the top 110. It would give them three number ones in Castillo, Kirby, and Gilbert, all in the top 30. Yes. It would and then give them with Miller, Miller would be the second best number 3 starter if you were just going around and awarding them to teams. Does that make sense? Yes, because if he's above 60 Right, so yeah. number 61 would be your the best number, third yeah. starter. He's number 62, and he'd be your fourth starter. But he would be the second best third starter. And then it would have both McHacken and Wu as number fours. McHacken, you would have given me 100 guesses. I know, I, know to I told you, you wouldn't have gotten it. But that just shows you how strong this pitching staff is and what it's projected to be like. Give them three of the top eleven relievers, as we talked about the other day, and there's a lot that Zips likes about this parent rotation. Not surprisingly, mm-hmm. three number ones, a number three, and two fours.
2: So between McCakin and Urias, that those are two big surprises for me. I guess in the top, you said one hundred, right, or top two hundred? Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, not a chance I would have ever got those two. Surprising. McCacken.
0: <laughs> this, this is the McCacken day. I don't know. I just, I, I read that yesterday and you can kind of take this in a couple different directions and I will take them in both at the same time. Uh, let's see. We got a 360. Where was Robbie Wright? You know what? I'll go back and check, but he's not projected to pitch until August. And I think they take that into account. So, you know, I don't think Ray could amass much in terms of wins above replacement because he's not going to you know, pitch enough to be able to do that. Um, you could take this in two directions. One, it's great news, right? This is fantastic news. You got a team, you got a, a pitching staff that should absolutely dominate. You've got some stars. You've got the number six player in the game, and Julio Rodriguez and Cal Raleigh at thirty six. That's a big thing, right? JP at 54. I mean, putting three guys in the top 55, that's not the kind of thing you expect from a bad baseball team. Not even really a, a mediocre baseball team. That's kind of where good baseball teams are. But it does continue to tell you that if you can add one more name, one more guy, and by the way, Zips likes Matt Chapman a little bit better uh, in terms of wins, if I have it right, than then, – uh, then, Bellinger okay. because of because of uh just because of defense there's some real value to be had and there's some real opportunity to surpass some of these teams that are just barely in front of you right now so you know I'll continue to make the plea I know Brock did as well yesterday if anybody is listening open it up invest think of it as an investment in the future remember that the business model is changing in baseball and while it's frustrating that some of the you know money is going away from the cable subscribers that were never actually watching your product but were supplementing it with their monthly fees while that is going away the new model is going to have to be built upon fans desire to watch your product and so if you want that to succeed, you need to put a great product on the field. So a $10 or $20 million investment today may pay enormous dividends down the road. That's uh, that's where we're at with the Mariners. We'll spend some more time on them a little bit later this morning. In the meantime, Brock will be in next, and i got a bunch of stuff I want to get to with him. So stick around. It's Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.